This is episode 28 of the Kindred Bomb Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Ellen. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. I'm delighted to bring you an episode about Christmas since that's coming up in just a few weeks. I don't know if you're looking ahead with anticipation and excitement or if you may be feeling buried under your to-do list like I have so many Decembers. I hope this episode will bring you a bit of encouragement as you navigate the coming weeks. In a little bit, I have two lovely guests to share with you, Casey Ireton and Jody Lee Collins, both of whom are authors with great insights about celebrating Christmas well. I especially want to mention Jody's book that she released this past month called Living the Season Well, Reclaiming Christmas. It can be found on Amazon and it's a great resource for moms who are weary of an overscheduled, over-commercialized Christmas experience. After my conversation with those two ladies, I also have a wonderful segment with Sandy Sutton, who created an ebook compilation with the most favorite family traditions of 21 different Christian writers. As usual, you can find the links to all of these things in the show notes, and I think they are each going to be a great resource for you as you seek to celebrate the season in a way that is fitting for your family. Before I jump into my conversation with Kimberly and Jody, I wanted to share one last time about the PDF guide I created for Kindred Mom newsletter subscribers called 11 Ways to Minimize Holiday Stress for an Intentionally Calm Christmas. If you're feeling the pressure of the holidays approaching, I hope you'll take a minute to subscribe at kindredmom.com slash minimize holiday stress to get your copy of this guide. I want to share some of the content within this guide here on the podcast because I think it's really practical and might be just the thing you need as you're looking ahead to Christmas. I'll share about half of the ideas here, and if you're interested to dig in a little more, you can go to download the guide for yourself, which contains some questions for thought to help you apply the ideas to your own life. First up, I think it's important to go into the Christmas season with open hands and a willingness to surrender our expectations. I get as excited about this time of year as the next person, but I also feel the weight of expectations, especially the ones I have for myself. This year, I'm setting my mind to being flexible because unmet expectations siphon joy right out of an otherwise lovely scene. I've learned that if I want the beauty of Christmas to unfold in my home, I need to make the distinction between having vision for what I want my family celebration to look like so that I can begin moving in that direction and the expectation that the sum of my efforts must add up to absolute magic. Will there be magical moments? For sure. Is it going to be magical from this moment until Christmas morning? No, (laughs) that's not going to happen. I encourage you to hold your plans for the season with an open hand. Narrow down your must-do activity list to the most special things that both you and your children love, and just lose the rest. Number two is to sketch out a holiday plan. This time of the year is full of excitement and fun, but as every mom knows, there is stuff behind the scenes that has to happen when families gather to celebrate. This month, I have errands, shopping, cleaning, special meals to plan and prepare for, additional requests for my time to gatherings and parties, and it all adds up pretty quickly with respect to the mental load, and I already feel tired even though the month has just begun. 
I used to fly by the seat of my pants through the holiday season hoping for the best, but I know that I can make better use of my time and energy if I sketch out a plan in advance, so this year, that's what I've done. I have a big picture view of the month and the events coming up. I also have been planning out the details of the upcoming week on Sunday evenings, writing down everything I need to remember so that I can keep tabs on my to-do list and make sure that I'm not going to be piled up with too many undone tasks the week before Christmas. Part of creating my big picture plan included working out our budget for gifts, doing most of our shopping a little early, and for me, it included figuring out what our most essential family traditions are so that I can put my energy into those that we really care about, as opposed to being stressed out with activities that are really unnecessary. Number three is to set healthy boundaries. I think the lack of healthy boundaries can be a top contributor to stress during the holidays. It's so easy to overcommit our time underestimate how much work is in front of us, or to feel obligated to bend our holiday plans around the wishes of others at the expense of our own families. Sometimes there are challenging family dynamics, the stress of traveling with small children, the expectations placed on us by someone else, and there are things that really begin to disrupt our peace. It's really important to identify your family's priorities for the season together with your spouse so that in collaboration you can make strategic decisions about how to uphold those priorities. I think if there are tough decisions to be made, difficult conversations to have with extended family members or friends, or boundaries that need to be set, you have a much better chance at a resentment-free holiday if you've established those boundaries up front. I know it's not easy and it's also not fun, but I never regret setting healthy boundaries for my family. Number four is to simplify your spaces. I don't know about you, but it takes some intentional effort to prepare my home for Christmas. And I am not talking about getting the tree up and the decorations out. Right now, I'm in the throes of simplifying the spaces around our house, decluttering one area at a time so that we have room for the fun and gifts that are coming during the month of December. When you think about everything coming in, guests, gifts, boxes, packaging, a higher than normal volume of food, it only makes sense that preemptively getting unnecessary things out of the house and clearing down our spaces will serve us well. I think our overfilled spaces contribute to higher stress and anxiety for moms. At least this is true for me, and I personally try to take a systematic approach to organizing the house, donating what we no longer need, stashing away things we want to keep but don't necessarily need to keep handy right now, and I give my best effort to quiet the common areas of our homes that I don't feel overwhelmed by stuff. One thing that may not be on your radar as we inch toward Christmas is making some time for soul care during the month of December. I think peace comes when we honor our limitations and intentionally disengage from the holiday hustle, even just for an afternoon or an evening, so that as we are pouring out to our families, we have a few moments here and there that are restorative for ourselves. I am purposefully minimizing my commitments in December, and I have a few dates on the calendar to leave the house for a few hours to write on top of any solo errands I need to run. It might be something different for you, but the intention to carve out time for self-care or soul care might be just the thing when stress starts creeping in. The last one I want to share with you today is to remember that the meaning of Christmas is sometimes found in the margin more than in the magical moments. While so many fun and exciting things are going on, the most important time you spend may be what happens when there's nothing else going on. Keeping a margin allows you to reflect on the goodness around you and to be truly present with your family. 
Don't be tempted to fill every space on the calendar with another activity. The busyness of the season should always be for the purpose of carving out the margin you need for you and your family to connect, build memories together, and cherish the time that you have. If you have found these ideas helpful, I would love for you to download 11 ways to minimize holiday stress for yourself and to get the rest of the ideas that I gathered in that guide. Again, the URL is kindredmom.com slash minimize holiday stress. And on that page, you can subscribe to receive a download of it by email. That will get you on the Kindred Mom subscriber list where I send out one or two emails a month with encouragement, resources for moms, and updates about the Kindred Mom blog and podcast. With that, I'd love to jump into my interview with Kimberly and Jody. I'm really pleased to have two of my really great friends uh, who have been writing mentors and encouragers for me. And we are going to be talking about Christmas and traditions and celebrating Christmas uh, in the context of motherhood. So I would love to welcome Casey Ireton, who I will call Kimberly because that's who I know her as, and Jody Lee Collins. Hi, ladies. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Emily. It's good to be here. Yeah. Hi, Emily. Thank you. I'm doing great. Kimberly, I would love for you to begin by telling us just a little bit about you and your family and then introduce Jody. I'm Kimberly and I have four children. They are 14, 10, and seven-year-old twins. And that's it. We have two cats, but they don't really play a mm-hmm. role in my life as much as they do in the kids' lives. <laughs> All right. So what about you? I, I have no cats. Um, I have two grown children. And uh, they are both married. My son, Aaron, and his wife, Courtney, have five children. And my daughter, Leah, is married. And uh, she and her husband, William, live in Tacoma. And they are um, praying for a family uh, soon. Yes. So wonderful. Well, I just love that we are having this conversation right now uh, a lot because you two know each other. And um, I know that all three of us really just have a love for family and togetherness and um, just really wanting the season of Advent Christmas to be um, a meaningful time uh, for our families. And so um, to give our listeners a little background, I just wanted to say that Kimberly is the author of a book called The Circle of Seasons, Meeting God in the Church Year. And she's going to be sharing a little bit about um, the church calendar and some of the meaningful aspects of the events that are celebrated through this part of the year. And Jody is the author of a book called Living the Season Well, Reclaiming Christmas. So let's begin by just talking about how stressful <laughs> Christmas can feel for moms. And, you know, Jody, I know that your book is a fairly recent release, and I would love for you to tell us about the thing that caused you to want to write this book, as well as um, just what you have learned in the process of putting this awesome resource together. Mm, Thank you. Um, Yes, I was very motivated last year, I think, after we spent time with uh, my grandchildren and my my son Mm -hmm. and his family. Uh, things kind of came to a head because I had been very much sensitive to the entire season last year of all of the pressure that is put on today's parents. And I don't know why I was so in tune with it last year, but I think 
our children were not raised. We didn't raise our kids with a sense of uh, liturgies or anything surrounding the church years. So I think um, in the evangelical traditions, which are the way I was raised and we're, the way we raised our kids, Christmas is all there is. So the focus is always on the presence. And last mm-hmm. year it was like, Oh, gosh, I felt bad for my son and his wife just because of the expectations that that are handed to them uh, unintentionally by many, many people. And then the pressure that I could sense in my grandkids because Christmas had come and gone and they still seemed like they got all their presents. But, you know, did they really feel satisfied inside? And then I thought, well, they had never been taught anything different. So I was kind of motivated to put some new information and new tools out there to maybe help families dial that back a little bit. So I hope that makes sense. (laughs) It does. Yeah. I really appreciate what you have spent time working on this year. It's been really neat to see the project go from your first ideas to your finished book. And I just want to say about Christmas, Advent, all of this December stuff, um, I have really stressed out over Christmas for a lot of years because I feel those expectations and the desire to have like a beautifully decorated home and have perfectly, you know, curated presents under the tree and having all the memory making things going to see lights and making Christmas crafts and Christmas cookies and all the things that seem to land on that list. And There were several years in a row that I made myself like a 25 day list of activities that I was going to do with my kids. One thing every day for December and every year by like December 10th, I had fallen off the wagon and felt like a total failure at celebrating Christmas. Um, So I just love that we're having this conversation because I do think a lot of parents feel like they don't know how to get to the the heart of things and cut out Mm. all the unnecessary stuff that is not adding to our joy Mm -hmm. in the season, is not helping our children really connect with the meaning and the reason for the season kind of stuff. And um, Kimberly, I know that you have so much knowledge about the the church year. I'd love for you Mm -hmm. to give us just a tiny history lesson of the unfolding of at least the landmark dates on the church year calendar, because that's something that's also not a part of my faith formation experience. And I just feel like it would be really interesting for people who maybe don't share that in their own faith tradition. Well, I didn't grow up with it either. So it was fairly new to me. I'd heard of Advent. We had Advent calendars, right? But those aren't really Advent calendars. They're December calendars. They count down from December 1st to December 24th. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the the Christian Advent. That's right. commercial Advent. Yeah. So um, when I started going to the church that I attend now and have been a member of for 24 years, um, the, the church year was part and parcel of what they celebrate. And so that's where I first started learning about Advent and later in the year, other seasons that are celebrated. Um, the, the church year dates back really far. So Advent first started being celebrated in the sixth century, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the, it began as a pre-Christmas fast. 
So a few weeks before Christmas, fasting to get ready for the feast of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Christmas um, is uh, what's called a fixed feast. It's always on December 24th. And Advent runs four Sundays prior to Christmas. So this year it's really late because Christmas is on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So that means that um, Advent starts, I believe it's December 3rd this year. Yeah. And sometimes it starts as early as I think November 26th, depending on when Christmas falls. So we have a fairly short Advent this year. It's only three weeks long. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a season of getting ready for Christmas. And there are actually two foci in Advent. The one is getting ready for Christmas. That's one most people who are familiar with Advent are familiar with. This is a season to get ready for Christmas. And part of that can be decorating the tree, putting up decorations, making the Christmas cookies, writing the Christmas letter, whatever it is that you do to get ready for Christmas, buying Christmas presents, wrapping them, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's the physical piece of getting ready for Christmas. But Advent is more about getting our hearts ready for Christmas Yeah. Um, and about celebrating, getting ready to celebrate incarnation. So there's this, you know, Jesus was born at Christmas. That's what we celebrate on Christmas Day is the birth of Christ. So um, just as Mary prepared to and made room in her body for Jesus to come, that's this idea of Advent. Are we making room in our hearts? Are we making room for the Christ mm-hmm. to come and be with us? He is, of course, already with us. Advent just gives us an opportunity to really sit with that reality and think about what it means to make room for Christ in these three weeks leading up to Christmas. What are some things we can do to get ready for Christ or to make room for Christ in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some people fast. This is actually, I was actually the original intent of the season was that it would be a season of fasting. That's really hard when everybody's having parties and offering you Christmas (laughs) cookies. (laughs) um, But we have tried, um, our family has tried a few times in the past to fast from sugar, except on Sundays during Advent. Mm -hmm. And that's been both challenging and rewarding, Um, especially with little kids is very challenging. Um, But it's a, it's something that, that we've tried. So, um, so that's Advent. Christmas is actually 12 days long. Mm-hmm. Jody talks a lot about this in her book. So there's a, the first, there's the 25th is the day we usually celebrate Christmas, but it actually lasts all the way through uh, January 5th. And then the Feast of Epiphany is on January 6th. That's when we celebrate the coming of the Magi or the wise men to mm-hmm. the Christ child. And then Jody in her book actually extends the Christmas season through the season of Epiphany all the way up to the presentation of Jesus, which is on February 2nd, 40 days after Jesus was born, the day that he would have been presented at the temple. That story mm-hmm. is recorded in Luke 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole arc of the Christmas season. It actually lasts about three months. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like a counterintuitive thing to see Christmas as a broader thing than just December, I guess. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I do love that as, if you look at it, not just as one day holiday, but as a season that really does have some definition that maybe it's easier to simplify and not put so much pressure on one day or you know a much shorter span of time. And um, I'd love to know, um, Jody, from your experience, both in your book and some of the things that you share in there, um, what are some ideas you have for families that are really wanting to slow down that chaos and that 
kind of stressful feeling to, especially in that Advent season prior to Christmas, how can we simplify and really focus our hearts and our attention on what really matters? Oh, great question, Emily. Thank you. A a lot of it comes down to money. um, And I hate to say that, but um, and, and here's what I mean. Your, your, your budgets kind of drive what you can do. And yet there's this tension between wanting to just bless the socks off of everyone. But if you don't have enough money, you won't talk about it because you'll feel bad. I think it's just really important to be intentional to have conversations way ahead of Christmas. We had ours this past uh, weekend with our kids, to, and we have been a lot more intentional this year. I'm finally catching on. This year, we finally had some conversations with our kids and our grandkids about what we were going to do for Christmas financially. Because if you have if you have those conversations before you get in the thick of it, there's a little less emotion attached to it. And people know what they can expect mm-hmm. because so much of so much of life is disappointments that come from um, the expectations we have. And Christmas is so much in our head, I think, uh, as much as it's what's under the Christmas tree, it's what we think it should look like, right. uh, what you've already mentioned, you know, we want to make all this magic or whatever. So um, I just I mentioned some things about having con. Um, what do I call it? Something funny. Oh, financiations and preparations. Having conversations about your budget, mm-hmm. maybe encouraging your teenagers to think about how they could earn money for presents, or maybe your kids could uh, find a place to give money to this year or adopt a family at school. Just Turn things kind of upside down and talk about it and think about it differently. Even if you don't make huge changes this year, just to think about it is a big step. I would be really curious to know from each of your own families, what are things you specifically and intentionally do to kind of prepare the way for the Christmas season coming? Um, Kimberly, you have four children and I know that you are intentional about kind of I don't know, emptying out uh, the expectations and the the stuff that we add to the list to, I don't know, we, we want things to be special. We want things to be enjoyable for our families. But I just find that it's so easy for it to not be joyful if that list is too long, too impossible. And I'd love to know what you do to intentionally go a different direction with that. Well, I do one craft project a year and mm-hmm. it's next weekend because it's the first, the next weekend is the first weekend in Advent and it's the making of my Advent wreath. So every year I make an Advent wreath and it's got four candles in it. Uh, mine are purple, three purple ones and one pink one. Those are the traditional colors of Advent. Um, some people think that's weird and they want red ones. I don't really care what color they, <laughs> they are, but we use purple and pink because that's the way that I was first introduced to the Advent calendar or the, the Advent wreath. So, um, and we actually do a little, we light one candle every single night. So we go through a few purple candles because that per, yeah. the, the candles get lit one per week. So the first week of Advent, you light one purple candle. That candle, we always have to replace because it gets right. burned out and to put a new one in. We just do that every night before dinner. We light a candle and we just say, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light, no darkness can overcome. 
And so that's, and we do that all through um, Advent and Christmas. So um, that's one way that I just, it's very centering for me. It's this annual thing that I've been doing for probably 15 years mm-hmm. to make this wreath. And then every night at dinner to light those candles um, with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one piece that I do. It keeps it very, it's very special. We only have that up for a month because that's how long Advent is. Mm-hmm. And then it goes away. And so our kids look forward to it. I look forward to it. Um, the other thing is that I'm very slow about putting Christmas decorations up. Um, you know, my garlands will go up probably the first week of Advent and then we'll get our tree the second or third week of Advent and get out the candles and the decorations. We have a box of Christmas books and those always come out on the first Sunday of Advent because my kids have actually been asking me when they can get those out. They've been asking for a month. So, um, <laughs> so the Christmas books come out and then we spend time reading all of our old favorite Christmas books and that we read every year. Um, so that's, that's one way that we keep it slow. And I just, I am, I am too old (laughs) to do things that just make me feel totally exhausted. Unless my kids, like if my kids, if it's really important to them, like they really want to do something, then that's fine. I'm happy to do that, but I'm not Mm going to do something that doesn't bring me joy Mm -hmm. and that isn't on there. Like we have to do this list just because I think it needs to be done. I have, I am so grateful to have been able to just let that go. I let it just, I just laid that down. If it doesn't bring me joy, I'm just not going to do it. I am not a baker. We don't make Christmas cookies. My daughter likes to bake. She makes the Christmas cookies. (laughs) Yeah. I love that we outsource that to our preteen girls now. (laughs) It's very lovely. Jody, do you have any special traditions or ideas that you have incorporated in your family celebration or want to going forward? Oh, well, thank you. That's probably a better way to say it. Want to going forward. One of the reasons I I was even aware of the church year is because of getting to know Kimberly the last several years and reading her book Mm -hmm. because it was um, a revelation to me to discover these things. So as I wrote about them in my book, Um, Advent Mm -hmm. is going to be a new practice in our life. My husband has been trying to get through chapter three of my book and keeps saying, now, what is Advent about? I I just, what Mm -hmm. are we supposed to do? So um, I have, uh, yes, we're going to do the candles each week and the scripture reading. So we'll probably do that at our home lighting the candle each week. I'm not sure if we'll have a tree this year, maybe a small one. We'll be seeing my son mm-hmm. and his family in Vancouver for Christmas. But I I think just the biggest step for me this year will be incorporating Advent. And just, I love the intentional slowing down of every Sunday rather than having to like, it's day two, it's day three, it's day four. That just makes me fussy and tired. And then you get late and you just you get buried. Yeah. I like the slowing down of the Advent read. So um, I'm so glad that I heard about it from Kimberly. Yeah, I'm just really, um, I'm planning to handle our December differently than I have in the past because it was as recent as last December that I did a 25-day like calendar for myself of every day we were going to be doing something and... I just, this year has been a lot about discovering that things can be more gentle and more simple than I have thought that they needed to be. Um, I'm kind of a a person who kind of overdoes things when I'm not really (laughs) watching out for things, but it's just been really neat to see in different families how 
celebrating Christmas, celebrating Advent. I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired of feeling the pressure to make things super magical for my kids because I think they already have imaginations mm-hmm. and interests and wonder around mm-hmm. these traditions uh, when I'm not making sure we're doing a coloring page or making sure mm-hmm. we're doing, you know, some of the things yeah. that just aren't what bring joy to the season. And I would love to know um, just for moms who are right in that zone of really wanting to make the most of this season while we're underslept, while we're, (laughs) you know, all the things that kind of land on uh, mama's plate, um, just what encouragement you would give. Um, And you can each take a turn sharing something, but what is your advice or direct message to a mom in that zone? Well, I'm going to go first. So um, I would just want to say, piggybacking on what you just said, Emily, about mm-hmm. um, wanting to make it magical. I think the thing that makes it magical is when you do the same thing over and over again. So every year mm-hmm. you bring out the same books or every year you do the Advent wreath or every year you go see the lights or every year you go, you have this day where you spend all day making Christmas cookies, if that's your thing, whatever it is, you know, and there are two or three things maybe four that you do every year to get ready for Christmas. Yeah. And the magic doesn't come from doing 25 things or 50 things in one (laughs) year. It comes from doing three things in one year and then doing them again the next year. And maybe you add a fourth or a fifth or a sixth and you find out what really your kids love and what you love. And then you bring that thing back and the other stuff just falls off the, Mm -hmm. you know, it just falls off the counter and you're not dealing with it anymore. So that's would be my encouragement is, Pick three or four things, one thing for each week that you really want to do with your kids and that you think would make it magical and then see how it goes. And if it goes really well, then do it again next year. It's the repetition of it over and over time that 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 creates the magic and the meaning and that gives it a sense of permanence and specialness. It's not making it all have to happen this year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't all have to happen this year. It will build. Those traditions will start to accrue significance as you do them over and over mm-hmm. and over again, year after year. I love that. Um, if I can jump in here, I think I want to think about um, repetition with variation coming from a teacher's head. Like I think about Kimberly, that is so, so true. Repetition with variation, just repeating those things makes them stick. The one thing I would say for families is to examine the heart of what you do and why do you do it? Because I think sometimes we get stuck Mm -hmm. in this is what it should look like and we never step back and say, what practices do we have for the season and why? If overconsumption is an issue, Mm -hmm. uh, ask God to show you why that is. Just to stop and reflect. Give yourself time to stop and reflect. Actions change when you change your thinking. So that's what I would suggest. Well, thanks for that. I guess I want, what I want to add to this is just that there is not a wrong way to celebrate the season of Advent or Christmas, that we all have things that are special for our own families. And I just love knowing that there is no way to mess this up. <laughs> like there's so many <laughs> ways to mess up motherhood. But the only way, the only way I can really see it to mess this up again for me is to do another 25 day. (laughs) I have to break my neck in order to make this happen. And I just want to encourage moms who are really wanting the season to be meaningful for their families to choose what 
is important to you and be able to live out your own family values without Mm -hmm. a sense of guilt that you're not doing more or comparison that you're not doing what your friend is doing or um, feeling like, especially as someone who's just starting to really connect with and understand a little bit more about the church calendar and how long of a season this is that I have always felt like, well, I don't know really what Advent is supposed to be or what it's supposed to look like or the, you know, if it's some kind of formalized thing that if I do it the wrong way, then maybe I have no business trying to celebrate this or I I don't know if that makes any sense, but for me it is like, because I'm not from a liturgical background and there are a lot of questions for me still around some of these things that unfold that there isn't a wrong way. That's really encouraging to me. Yes. It's not a legalism, right? Like we don't celebrate Advent to be legalistic. That's just one more thing to do, right? That's not what we need. So the reason I love Advent is because it's, it's an invitation to slow down. That's the whole purpose of it is this invitation Mm -hmm. to slow down and reflect and get ready so that when Christmas comes, like, oh yes, come Lord Jesus. And I am more ready than I would be Mm. otherwise. If it becomes one more thing to do is what I always tell people when they talk about the church year. I was like, if it is one more thing to do, don't do it. Like that's not what you need. (laughs) In our culture, that is the last thing you need is one more thing to check off your list. Just lay it down and Mm. go do something else. Go sit on a rock and stare at the water. It's way better. (laughs) So absolutely don't, it's not about doing it right or what it's supposed to look like. It's about entering into the space yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Kimberly, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? You can find me online at KimberlyConwayIreton.net. And that's Kimberly with two E's. Yes. I will put um, the links to everything in the show notes for this episode. And Jody, where can we find you online? Uh, my website is jodyleecollins.com, J-O-D-Y-L-E-E, collins.com. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Emily. I'm really pleased to have Sandy Sutton on with me to share a little bit about a really awesome project that she put together. And I was privileged to be a contributor to this. There were 21 people, including Sandy and myself, who shared some of their favorite traditions around Advent and Christmas. Sandy, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. Yes, I would love to know just a little bit about where you live and your family and where you write online before we start in on the ebook that you created. Uh, I live in Arizona and I have five children. My children um, span a great many years. My oldest is 23 and my youngest is five. My oldest four are boys and then my daughter is five. So I've got them all over the spectrum. Yeah, that's so wonderful. My memory is that you also homeschooled for a stretch. I did. I homeschooled for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um my oldest three sons were all homeschooled for 10 years. And then um, when my youngest son, when it was time for him to go into school, it was just kind of a transition phase for our family. Mm-hmm. And we ended up starting him in, in kindergarten. Yeah. Well, it's so wonderful to have a range of experiences. I think that it can be so enriching to just know like some of the dynamics of a family, especially as we're going to begin talking about traditions and holidays. So thanks for sharing just a little bit about where you're from and all of that stuff. 
This ebook project, you had reached out to me at one point to say, hey, I want to do this tradition related project. And I didn't know entirely what it was going to be like, except that I was like, that sounds wonderful. I love hearing about other people's traditions around the holidays. And so I'd love to know what inspired you to do this and um, and then share with us some of what came together with all of the contributions from the many different writers. Well, it's, you know, it was kind of a work in progress um, in many ways, not just in the putting of it together, but just in how it evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, my initial thought was that I you know, I'm fairly new to the blogging world. And I thought this would be a fun way to reach out to some other writers and just get to know some people and um, just build some relationships. And, and I came up with the idea of doing a blog roundup um, around the topic of traditions, because we were approaching that season. Mm-hmm. And traditions in our family um, mean something very special to me, um, just because of the history of our family, which I'll share in a minute. But as I was reaching out to people, the response that I got was so encouraging. And I ended up getting, pulling more people into it than what I initially expected to. Mm -hmm. And then I also had, um, people submitting photos and I just felt like it needed to be something that was a little bit more polished and pretty and do more justice to everyone's work than just, you know, putting out on the blog. So I thought it would be fun to create a book just to kind of pull together this just big collective effort of everyone. And I was just so thankful for all of the contributions. I feel like they were all so heartfelt and it just seemed like a beautiful way to to pull it all together and to share it. Yeah. So the name of the ebook is called Traditions, a Holiday Collective. And I would love for you to share some of the highlights of things that either from your contribution to it or some of the other writers who shared from their experiences, what were some of your favorite things in this collection? No, I loved, I I really loved reading through everyone's traditions. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was so inspiring, but um, several of them that stood out to me were ones that were really just very simplistic. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the idea of just easy, simple things your tradition, I felt like was very inspiring. Oh, thanks. I, I really, truly did. And I think especially when you have young kids, mm-hmm. um, making the homemade decorations and homemade ornaments and things like that, they're special in the moment. Mm-hmm. But then as the years go by, those things just become treasured and the memories of making them become treasured. And I feel like you did such a great job of just communicating that and sharing what you do. And I, I love that. There were such a broad range of traditions. Some of them were really elaborate, like um, Carmen Smith's Thanksgiving is so elaborate, but my goodness, I loved reading about that because how incredible that a whole family like that can be so on board with such a big, fun feast where everyone is dressing up Mm -hmm. as pilgrims and Indians and outlaws and (laughs) you've got to have a really fun family, you know, to have everyone on board to do that. And I love that. Yeah. It takes a lot of (laughs) buy-in. It really does. But, but just, you know, what a a neat thing and what wonderful memories that the kids growing up in that family are going to look back on that. And Mm -hmm. I loved um, Logan Wolfram's tradition of doing the Jesse tree. Mm -hmm. And I love that she goes through the ornaments in the the advent with her kids every year with that. And there were just so many that I felt like, you know, some were common things that you could implement in your own family and others were very unique to the specific families, but still so inspiring to create your own unique traditions. Mm -hmm. 
for me, the one that I wrote about mm-hmm. um, stems back to the year that my brother passed away. I had one sibling and he was killed in a car accident 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that particular year began a tradition for my parents of putting angel ornaments on their tree. And that has grown into a tree that only has angel ornaments on it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that sometimes our traditions are born out of places of, I don't want to say pain. I mean, for us, it was pain, but I mean, sometimes our traditions are born out of our experiences Mm -hmm. and things that we want to carry memories on. And then other times they're just really fun and simplistic things that our kids grow to um, find so familiar in their hearts every year and that the ritual of doing them every year becomes so important. I was going to mention about how this year in particular, and one of the reasons that I even wanted to write about traditions was because at this season of my life, I'm, I'm coming to the realization of just how important those things are just because my boys have, Mm -hmm. two of my boys have moved away out of state and so obviously what started when they were young means more now. So when you were putting this collection together, um, I was really interested to see how you ordered the different writers and the traditions that they had shared. Did you have a, a thought process in how you structured the ebook and the flow from one tradition to the next? Or what was going through your mind as you were compiling this together in this exquisite PDF? Um, initially I had thought, um, of doing it just alphabetically because I I wasn't sure how to work that out to be, you know, fair to everyone. And then I thought, no, you know, I felt like there did need to be a flow. We only had three traditions that centered around Thanksgiving. So I wanted those to be kind of dispersed throughout the whole book. So I did just kind of divide them up that way. And then from there, Mm -hmm. honestly, I just sort of took it in the order that they came in to a degree. There were a couple that I had to move around a little bit to make it flow better. Um, But I really wanted to end with the Advent tradition. I just felt like that. I felt like the ending of of that particular piece was the right way to end it. I just would love to know from your experience, since you have a little bit older children that are moving on into other seasons of their lives, what traditions have meant to you over the years since you have a contrast from your earliest years of motherhood to where you're at now? You know, the past two years have been far more reflective for me at the holidays. Definitely in this season of life, it has been a time of me just trying very hard to focus more on relationships Mm -hmm. during the holidays than on gifts or on decorating, all the things that seemed important when they were younger. One of the things that you had written in your contribution, you had said that you were always drawn in by store displays and twinkle lights and baubles and beautifully designed trees. I think that that is something that we all Mm. struggle with every year. And for me over the past two years has been just a a realization of just how little those things do matter in the grand scheme of things. And this was the first year that my boys were, my two older boys were not home at Thanksgiving. And I think that in their absence, it really showed me just how much just the little things matter, like that they're all there to decorate Mm -hmm. my mom's tree every year. That's a big, a big thing. And one of the things that um, my son who is in New York, he um, puts her nativity set out every year. I didn't even know that until this year. So I found that out. My mom said that she set that aside for him. She hasn't put it out yet. She wants him to do it when he comes home at Christmas. And just, you know, he's been doing that since he was 
young. And I think that just the routine of those things is just means something to us yeah. so deeply in our hearts. And I love that the things that, that mean the most are typically the, the smallest things. And I think that you don't realize that fully until you get to a season in your life where those things cannot be as routine as they've been. And, you know, I'm just at the beginning of experiencing that. And, um, you know, that Thanksgiving was a little bittersweet for us this year, but, but at the same time, I think it really makes me appreciate more the value of traditions and just what they mean to our family and, and that they really do serve our souls in a way that gifts and, you know, just the, all the lights Mm -hmm. and the decorations and things like that, that we think are so important that they just, they can't serve our souls in the, in the way that, that we try Mm -hmm. to make them. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good thought. And I want people to be able to find this ebook. So can you give us the address and I will include it in the show notes for this episode. And I did want to say that the one thing that I especially loved about this project is just seeing how unique different families celebrate around the holidays and that there isn't just one right way, you know, that there is a, a million different ways that you can incorporate what's most special to your family. And it's not a competition. It's not something that you can do wrong. And that just takes the pressure off of having it to be a certain way. Right. And you know what? I think one thing that really stands out to me throughout this whole collection, I can't think of even one um, tradition that's centered around something mm-hmm. that we would, you know, consider like Pinterest worthy or... <laughs> And these are everyone's favorite traditions that mean so much to their families. And most of them are simple. Most of them are, you know, just about Mm. the people that you're sharing them with. And I love that. I love so much that they're not focused on, you know, making things blingy or (laughs) or whatever. So I I love that. So where can we find it? My website is sandysutton.com and Sandy is spelled with an I. And um, the link where you can access to download is sandysutton.com forward slash tradition. Wonderful. Well, I will put that in the show notes for this episode. And I so appreciate you sharing from your experience and all the hard work that you put into this wonderful collection. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to all three of my guests on this episode. I hope you picked up some ideas that will be useful in your own celebration of Advent and the Christmas season. For the next few weeks on the Kinder Mom blog, we will be sharing essays on the topic of A Quiet Christmas, largely because a quieted heart and peaceful experience is what I'm craving in my own home this year. I know that in the midst of the fun and nostalgia, the memory making and gift giving, I am in need of a pause of a deep breath in, and a soul-lifting exhale as I reflect on the incredible gift of the Incarnation of Christ. He came to us in the most humble way to show us what true love looks like. It's not glamorous, it's not glittery, but it is powerful. And the intentional, faithful things you do to serve your family every day, that love is powerful as well. This year, as I pause to light my Advent wreath candles each day, a practice that is new to me this year, I will be thinking of you. Mamas, may we recognize that our enjoyment of Christmas doesn't depend on how every tiny detail comes together, and may we reject the pressure to give gifts beyond our means or to squeeze too much into the calendar and instead embrace a season that is shaped by our most treasured and life-giving traditions. 
May we savor the meaningful moments that fall between the magical ones, and may we see the beauty of these sweet years with our children.